Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Hello and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about liquid smoke. Yes. <laughs> Which is a great name for a band, I think. Oh, yeah. One. Uh, two. I had a complete misconception of what this is. And it's one of those things that now that I know what it is, I'm like, well, of course that's what it is. Like, why did I think it was something else? Uh-huh. Uh, basically, I thought like it was almost... The equivalent of um, dry ice or something. Like oh. smoke, smoke, and not liquid smoke. <laughs> okay. Huh. I don't know um, why I thought that. <laughs> it's in the name, actually, in this it, case. <laughs> it, yeah, it's fairly straightforward. <laughs> Maybe I'm so used to it not being straightforward. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I guess that based on... Um, you know, your personal experience out in the world and certainly on this show, there's any number of items that are not what they say on the label. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. I also love that we're doing this one right after Halloween. It feels kind of in the Halloween vein. Sure. Very, very fall-like. Uh, uh, wood, yeah. wood fire smokes are a big part of my fall anyway. So, uh-huh. Oh, yes. Um, 
Was there any particular impetus behind this one? Goodness. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so one of the other shows that I do here at iHeart um, called Brain Stuff is a short form uh, a science show. It airs every day. So I've done like 1,100 episodes of it. And I, I, something like that. And I'm constantly trolling the How Stuff Works, uh, or trawling, perhaps, uh, the How Stuff Works <laughs> website um, for for articles to pull to pull from and turn into these scripts and turn into this podcast. It's a whole deal that we have worked out with um, How Stuff Works. And they have an article up on liquid smoke. And I was like, huh. And I was reading it, and I was like, now I'm curious. I want to learn more about it. And so... I brought it to you and I was like, hey, Annie, tell me the history of this thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, this is not what I thought it was, but all right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I I thought going into this, I had like zero percent experience with liquid smoke. But now that I've researched it, I realized that I do. I just had no idea. Oh, I yeah. I've had it before, certainly. Oh, oh 20,000% you have. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't think I have a bottle currently, but it's definitely something that I have stocked in my kitchen previously, and I'm not sure why I don't have... I, I must have run out at some point and just never restocked. Um, or maybe I was moving at some point and realized that the bottle that I had was like 20 years old because you only mm. ever use like a drop at a time um, and was like, maybe right. I'll just replace this. <laughs> after yeah. moving <laughs> and then didn't um but mm. uh but yeah uh goodness we have previously done some episodes on uh barbecue certainly um out in mm-hmm. Asheville yes uh ketchup i hear sure often has it often um yeah i guess i guess many of our condiment related episodes um possibly are like like did we do an episode on processed cheese? I don't remember. I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. I think we were pretty excited. You were pretty excited to do that one. <laughs> I Oh, I always am. That's why I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I can't really separate out the times I've been excited about processed cheese. It's too many to it's count. too many. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, so, does this bring us to our question? Yes, let's get to it. Mm-hmm. Liquid smoke. What is it? Well, uh, liquid smoke is smoke from burning wood that has been collected, uh, condensed into a liquid, filtered, and bottled for use as a flavoring and preservative in food. So if you've ever, like, sat around a campfire or a bonfire and gone, gee, I wish I could bottle this, Somebody did. Um, it's 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 like someone bottled smoke. I know. It sounds so <laughs> wild to me. That sounds like something out of a fairy tale. <laughs> it's not. It's not that weird. And we're going to get into the science of it. Um, uh, but but okay. Uh, if if like Annie, you you don't feel like you've ever encountered this before, you probably have because it's in a lot of processed foods. Um, but yeah, like like when liquid smoke is applied to food, it's not exactly like the sensory experience of the food having been cooked by smoking. Um, liquid smoke tends to be a little less uh, bitter or acrid 
um, a little less powerful on the palate, uh, a little bit less penetrative unless you really take steps to like get it into a food, which you can. Um, And of course, part of what you get when you smoke a food is texture from that food having been exposed to, to, to low heat from the smoldering wood for probably a long time which can really break down connective tissue and make food so tender. Um, and liquid smoke will not do that on its own. Uh, of course, you can cook food low and slow in like a like a Dutch oven or a crock pot or a sous vide bath or something like that for the texture and then add a touch of liquid smoke for the flavor. It's still not exactly the same. Pitmasters, please do not come for me. Or me. And neither of us, preferably. Yes. Um <laughs> We understand you have strong opinions on this, and we respect that. Absolutely. I want you to have strong opinions about it, and then I want to eat your barbecue. Like, that. Yes. <laughs> those are yes. two things that I want deeply. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but, okay, so um, smoke is super fascinating, um, and the process of turning it into a liquid is also super fascinating. Uh, and let's go into that. Yeah, so so to create liquid smoke, you generally start by uh, heating wood chips or sawdust until they start to smolder and, and smoke, right? Um, the, the stage right before they'd produce actual fire. And what happens when you heat something up until it's just about to catch fire is that the stuff in it starts undergoing thermal decomposition, which is the, the 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 street name for the physical process pyrolysis? Okay, uh, you 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 know you you take a thing, you apply enough heat, and it starts breaking down into different other things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the exact chemical composition of of the wood in question, usually a hardwood, um, plus the amount of moisture that it contains, is going to affect the temperature at which the wood starts breaking down. Um, and how much smoke it produces, and what compounds are in that smoke. You can collect that smoke in a chamber, and if the chamber is relatively cool and contains some water vapor, some of the stuff in the smoke will condense and collect into this water-based liquid. And, and I know it sounds like magic, but, but, but think about it this way. When you, when you smoke food over a fire, what you're doing is uh, forcing the smoke to condense on the relatively cool food, yeah? hmm So if you just get a chamber with some water vapor in there, you're just forcing the smoke to collect on the water instead of food. It's a very similar process. <laughs> hmm <laughs> <laughs> You sound like you don't believe me. <laughs> I do. You're generally trustworthy. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just a suspicious person. <laughs> Generally trustworthy. I'm putting that on my business card if I ever have one of those again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as you should. <laughs> and then put my name under it. Yeah, no quote, context. From- <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who Annie Reese is? <laughs> well. Well. Then I don't know that I want to work with you. <laughs> I'll take my card back, sir and or madam. <laughs> Yes, I like uh, this. <laughs> uh, liquid smoke. Um, all right, so, so yeah, so so it's, so it's just smoke that's been collected, basically. Um, but you may have heard that smoke is bad for you, and it is. 
that is why after liquid smoke is collected, it goes through a multi-stage filtration process. Um, first, it's usually allowed to settle for a few days. Uh, some of the compounds that you don't want are going to settle right out. Then it's refined um, or, or distilled in order to remove more of the compounds that you don't want. Um, it's a it's like a multi-step distillation process. Um, and then it will be filtered to remove more other compounds that you don't want, um, such as known carcinogens like polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, or PAH, if you've ever heard that abbreviation. That's some of the bad stuff in smoke. You don't really want it, so they just take it out. And what you are left with are a few groups of compounds that give liquid smoke its color, its flavor, and its functional properties, um, all mixed into this watery base. Um, you can further process that base to create oils or powders, and then you can sell the liquid or oil or powder straight, or you can further flavor and color them with stuff like a vinegar or salt and sweeteners. Different brands will do that. And I mentioned uh, uh, functional properties. And this is fascinating because functionally, liquid smoke can help fight foodborne pathogens. Um, uh, in this case, pathogens meaning unfriendly bacteria like listeria, salmonella, E. coli, and staph. So that's rad. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and furthermore, you can produce liquid smoke products for a variety of different purposes. Um, ones with super mild flavors to write mostly help as antimicrobials, or ones with reduced color and flavor that are used to preserve uh, the color in foods like raw tuna or salmon. Oh. Uh, <laughs> or even um, even liquid smokes that will like help a food that they're treated with um, turn uh, turn that lovely golden brown when they're cooked. It helps the uh, the Maillard reaction kick off. That's so fascinating. It is. Oh, and all yeah. Just just depending on depending on what types of wood you put in and how you filter them. It's there's a lot of science there, and um, it, there's some really interesting research um, of of researchers like kind of working backwards, looking at these proprietary and patented. Uh, formulations and trying to figure out how it all works, which oh, just makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, commercially speaking, um, meat can be uh, meat or or other foods, I suppose, can be marinated or injected with liquid smoke. And foods treated with these processes will be labeled as smoke flavored, or will have a uh, liquid smoke or smoke flavoring on the ingredient list. Um, or <laughs> This is another thing I love. Liquid smoke can be vaporized in a pressurized chamber to fake a smokehouse environment. What? <laughs> <laughs> so you can take you can take the collected water vapor that contains the smoke and you can vaporize it again. You can like atomize it into a chamber. And, and if you produce a food that way, it can just be labeled smoked. What? <laughs> Whoa. Because it's like basically the equivalent of the food having been smoked. Yeah. Wow. That's that's some chicken and egg stuff right there. <laughs> My brain is like <laughs> At least, at least here in the United States, that's how that's how the USDA 
or FDA labeling works. Um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, li- liquid smoke is added right to all kinds of processed foods from ketchup to cheeses uh, to impart a smoky flavor and color and also help uh, uh, prevent microbial activity. Um, of course, on a personal level, uh, you don't need to atomize your liquid smoke. You can just put some <laughs> into like a marinade or a sauce or a dip or stew or dressing or whatever recipe really to, to add a little bit of flavor and color. A little bit goes a long way. Mm. Definitely approach with caution. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, well, I guess that brings us to the next question. Uh-huh. What about the nutrition? I can nearly guarantee that you are not consuming enough to make a difference. Um, Like a whole roast would only call for like a quarter teaspoon, Mm -hmm. which isn't much more than like a couple drops, really. So, yeah. Um, It can actually, in that way, really help out in the cases of like if if you're on a diet that's low sodium or something like that and you want to add flavor to foods, it can be very helpful um, in that way. Uh, more on the potential health effects later on. We've got a whole section in the in the history section on that one, so I just kind of skipped it here. But 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 basically, it's safe to eat. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you use it in generally? Um, yeah, usually usually in a marinade, um, or sometimes if I wanted to get really funky with like a with like a salad dressing, like I'd add mm. a drop to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think I used to make these um, these double chocolate bacon cookies. Uh, and sometimes, yeah, like, like depending on how I was feeling about the quality of the bacon that I got, like if I had to, you know, if I had to like slum it and go for like, you know, like regular bacon, like not like the <laughs> fancy stuff, uh-huh. um, then I would add like a drop of liquid smoke to the cookies. Oh, that sounds lovely. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we do have some numbers for you. We do. We do. Um, so, so after all of that processing and filtering, there's still over 400 compounds in liquid smoke. Dang. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, vegan chef Tabitha Brown's recipe for carrot bacon featuring thin strips of carrots coated in liquid smoke, among other things, went viral on TikTok pretty recently. Yeah, um, yeah, she air fried them. Uh, the video has like 3.7 million likes as of today. <laughs> I mean, I'm down to try yeah, it. <laughs> right? Yeah. According to Future Market Insights, the global liquid smoke market was valued at $65 million in 2015. And as of 2018, a full 30% of the liquid smoke made was going to processed meat. Products. Um, at the time, North America was using a little over a third of the world's supply, with Europe not far behind. Uh, but the market in Asia Pacific was growing the fastest. Hmm. Well, it's got a lot of uses, and <laughs> it also has a very interesting history. It does. Uh, okay. Uh, and we are going to get into that after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? 
Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. <laughs> I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. <laughs> yes, I did too. <laughs> Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot -E com slash savor. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so <laughs> please do not make me go into a history of smoking meat. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> I won't. Don't worry, Annie. You're safe. <laughs> Oh, You're safe you. today. <laughs> I'll come for you later. <laughs> yes, but just know humans have been doing that in a variety of ways, variety of methods, variety of reasons um, for a very, very long time. Yes, and um, the I, 
I had a very similar feeling at the top of the science section when Mm -hmm. I started doing this research. I was like, oh, no, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) What have I done? Yes, I think if we, that could be a whole, well, I mean, maybe not even a minute series, a series, but I know we've like toyed with doing barbecue before and then it's just like so, it's so big and so specific to certain regions. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. you really have to talk to like several experts from each region in order to cover it appropriately. Yes, so we will tackle that at a later date, (laughs) at a later date. But today we are talking about liquid smoke. Yes. <laughs> yes. And according to most sources, liquid smoke was invented in 1895 by a pharmacist by the name of Ernest H. Wright in Kansas City, Missouri. And for those of you who are familiar with brands of liquid smoke, yes, that right. <laughs> Which is funny because you put that in and I was like, no, what right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but now we're going to keep a lookout now that I know what this is. Okay. It's still one of the major hands. It's still one of the major brands on the market today. So <laughs> it is. Yes, 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 yes. Um, in an excerpt from the 1923 edition of the Rotarian, uh, Wright describes how he got the inspiration for liquid smoke when he was working in a print shop as a teen and specifically, quote, a drop of black liquid trickling down the stovepipe really just got his mind whirring. Hmm. about Mm -hmm. this. And apparently this whole thing was something that really stuck with him because 10 years later, after this time at the print shop, he realized that when smoke comes into contact with cold air, it condenses. So to test the idea, he got some hickory wood, lit it on fire, ran the smoke through a condenser, and collected the droplets. He found that these droplets were a viable, cheap, and tasty alternative for smoking meat And he coated some ham with some of it and served it to friends without their knowledge to arrive at that fact. (laughs) Which this is like the third time we've had an experiment go like this in recent episodes. Huh. All right. Mm -hmm. And is, um, liquid smoke is generally black, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's usually pretty dark in color. Okay. Yeah, because that was kind of a detail people, some sources put in and some didn't, was whether or not in his memory it was this black drop of liquid or not. But yeah. it seems like it was. It can it can uh, range from like a from like a sepia brown to like a black sort of color. And um and different brands will sometimes add like a caramel uh coloring to it to make it browner. Um but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it yeah, yeah. Okay. Deep in color. Deep in color. All right. Um In the early days of the discovery of liquid smoke, it was used primarily as a preservative and less as a way to add flavoring to food. Mm -hmm. Much of Wright's business uh, was in the South at this time, where farmers mostly smoked types of pork in order to preserve the pork um, because they had a real issue when it came to bugs laying eggs and pieces of meat that they would hang up in the smokehouse. And smoking meat was more of a necessity and less something done for flavor Um, In fact, smoking meats for taste was fairly limited to campfires or maybe the occasional summer barbecue, again at this time, Uh Um, by marketing his product as a preservative and a cheap one to prevent, you know, these flies from laying eggs in in your meat, Wright made a lot of money. And yes, I didn't know this, but you can still buy the product (laughs) to this day. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
1897, Dallas's Southern Mercury newspaper featured a quote from a man advising against using a smokehouse in Texas, and it went like this, I abominate a smokehouse in this country. Flies are out all winter and will lay their eggs on your meat. You cannot keep them out. No use to try it. If you must have the smoke flavor, you can get the liquid smoke and paint your meat before you put it down. As someone who's struggling with fruit flies right now, I can appreciate Right? <laughs> yeah. No, legit. It didn't take long for others to try to copy Wright's success, which was a bit right ironic because the story goes he refused to patent his product out of fear that it would be copied oh, if he uh, patented it. Well, well. <laughs> yep. Um, Figaro, first founded in 1904, um, that it's a company that's now owned by the same company that makes Crystal Hot Sauce, started producing their own liquid smoke, as did Colgan, or Colgin, perhaps? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, first founded in Texas in 1945, um, also started selling their own liquid smoke. Um, and they were also selling it in these early days primarily as a preservative. That being said... There were certainly people who were wary of this product. Mm-hmm. A judge in Waco, Texas, said in 1906, I don't know what it is. Anyway, it is a liquid, and they use it and put meat in it. And to a certain extent, it is poisonous. Oh, oh. okay. Goodness. <laughs> right? Wright himself addressed these complaints and narratives in that 1923 Rotarian interview um, saying, it is not easy to get people to abandon the old way for the new, and it has been hard to get people to take this liquid smoke seriously. <laughs> well. Well, indeed. That did change a bit um, with the proliferation of American suburbia, complete with backyard get-togethers and barbecues in the 1950s and 60s, which led to this growing taste for smokier flavors. So not just as a preservative, but also mm-hmm. as a flavor. That, along with the preference for products of convenience at this time, shifted Americans' views of liquid smoke from this preservative-only kind of thing to something that belonged in their kitchens as a flavoring agent. After the FDA deemed the liquid smoke as safe to eat in 1960, it didn't take long for it to wind up in homes and in products like ketchups, barbecue sauces, oysters, cheeses, and bacon. Later... The cult favorite, which I guess just came out as we're recording this again, the McRib. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's McRib time again already? Heck. <laughs> I am so confused by this whole McRib thing. We'll have to come back and revisit that one. <laughs> okay, definitely. <laughs> Explain it to me, Lauren. <laughs> um, but yes, people would put it in all kinds of things. Fish, eggs, dips, sliced hot dogs. It was almost as commonly found in American homes as ketchup at one point. Um, and that whole trend didn't really start to downturn until the 80s. And, you know, also as we mentioned earlier and kind of alluded to, uh, these days this product has a lot of detractors. Meat and barbecue lover Josh Ozerski wrote in 2009, Liquid smoke is one of the most revolting substances known to man, an anathema to any real cook. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, um, many chefs see it. I don't know if many is correct, but a, a, a decent amount of chefs see it as a way of cheating or lying. Yeah, um, 
<laughs> the the article in Texas Monthly um, that 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 printed that quote, um, written by one Daniel Vaughn, went on to say, in certain circles, using the substitute is worse than deceptive. It's flat out cheating. Even the most hard headed, hogmatic North Carolinian would agree with a beef loving Texan that meat and fire are the essence of barbecue. that's some burn (laughs) yeah yeah um also i love the word hogmatic that's amazing that's amazing thank you thank you Mm -hmm. daniel vaughn um the the title of that article in texas monthly by the way i believe it was published in 2015 um the title was liquid smoke colon the instant coffee of barbecue yes and there was a picture of instant coffee <laughs> and a lot of uh, remarks about, like, not appreciating the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, it was very intense. And I loved every, every word of it. Um. It was, yes. <laughs> Those strong opinions we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was full of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yes, recently, people and organizations have been raising concerns about the health of liquid smoke, how it could impact health. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So there's a few things going on here with this. Um, first, in the past several years, there's been some new research into compounds in both smoke and in charred foods being bad for you. Um, and that coupled with misinformation and misconceptions about what liquid smoke is and how it's made is, is kind of, uh, those two things are coming together to to have this sort of non-opinion that liquid smoke is bad for you. Again, liquid smoke is filtered to remove maybe not all, but but certainly some of the bad stuff. Um, so, like, even though just smoking a piece of meat or a carrot or whatever is technically more natural, liquid smoke is almost certainly safer. Um, yes, even though it is a manufactured product. I know that that's mm-hmm. counterintuitive to what our our brains try to tell us about, like, no, oh, just do the real thing. Like, sometimes, some, sometimes the manufactured thing is safer. Um, second of all, starting around 2013, there was some research into these groups of compounds that are found in some plant-based foods, like tea and coffee and liquid smoke, um, that are capable of damaging our DNA. Don't panic. Um, it's super interesting. Uh, the the researchers pointed out that that some of this is is probably due to the like mammal deterring natural defense system that plants have, um, and, and and different ones like tough cellulose in stems that we burn for liquid smoke, um, the bitter tannins in tea and coffee plants, and we are flat out ignoring <laughs> those natural defense systems when we eat and enjoy those plants. Um, Again, don't panic, though. Further research has indicated that that stuff in our saliva can bind to and prevent damage from those compounds. And further, that our cells probably have the capacity to adapt to exposure to these compounds over the course of, like, just a couple weeks to inhibit further DNA damage, um, implying that we co-evolved with these plants to handle their defense systems. I love that. Together, yeah. Like, Don't eat us, and we're like, we're going to. And they're, like, All right. <laughs> they're like, well, well. <laughs> All yeah. right, I guess. 
Yeah, because like the, the the initial the initial findings were 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 like kind of panic inducing, which is why I'm like, don't panic. But no, it was kind of like, yeah, these these compounds are just as capable of damaging our DNA as like chemotherapy treatment stuff, which is quite capable of damaging your DNA. Uh, but then it was like, oh no no, hold on, hold on, it's okay. Yeah. So yes, uh, uh, super interesting. Don't panic. Um, and on the other hand, in 2011, um, a study came out that found that liquid smoke made using rice hulls instead of wood uh, contained some compounds with potentially positive benefits like antioxidants, anti-allergens, and anti-inflammatories. Um, and liquid smoke produced like this would also help solve the problem of what the heck to do with rice hulls, which often aren't put to use, and of which the rice industry worldwide produced some 136 million tons per year at the time of the study in 2011. Uh, like for, for every pound of rice you produce, you produce about like a fifth of a pound of hull. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, the wood, by the way, to produce liquid smoke is often a byproduct of the lumber industry. So, mm -hmm. also a byproduct product. Yeah. I like that. That'd be cool. Get these holes, what to use. Yeah. Byproduct of the lumber industry. Get some liquid smoke. Right? I don't mm -hmm. know. Get some good stuff out of it. Who knows? Yes. I want to use it in a cocktail. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I will add to my list, <laughs> and I am going to experiment for sure. Although I do have a running joke, because there's certain items, like you said, you use like a drop at a time. Yeah. You probably don't use it super often. Um, so I joke I'm going to be buried with my blue bottle, my bottle of blue curacao. It's huge. <laughs> but now I'll add the liquid uh -huh. smoke to that list. <laughs> Here yeah. lies Annie with her blue curacao and her liquid smoke. <laughs> <laughs> she loved them in her day. <laughs> but only a drop at a time. <laughs> only a little at a time, for sure. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm excited to experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and I do like the idea of, like, using it with vegetables and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Well, that's about what we have to say on liquid smoke for now. It is. Uh, we do have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. <laughs> I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. 
No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. <laughs> yes, I did too. <laughs> Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day. And regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Disappearing Disappearing in a puff of smoke. Oh. Oh, man. That's my favorite. I won't call it bad decision. Oh. (laughs) But interesting decision you all have made in the Dungeons and Dragons campaign lately. Uh Uh-huh. Is that you threw a bunch of smoke bombs at the enemy. But then you couldn't see either, and you were in a room with no real way out. (laughs) I would like to point out for the record that that was not my character's decision. (laughs) No, it was not. But it was quite funny because it's not like I, as the villain in this scenario, couldn't see either. So there was just like a minute of flailing. Yeah. (laughs) There was some genuine confusion on both sides. Uh, It was was very funny. It was. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I also, because I was like, because it wasn't just one smoke bomb. No. It was more than one. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, to clarify, <laughs> uh, now you cannot see either. <laughs> there was a silence. Uh-huh. Yep. 
And then uh, it was like, well, I guess not. Let us continue. (laughs) (laughs) Try to hit it if you can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and being, uh, uh, yeah, I'm playing a I'm playing a paladin character who who doesn't who mostly just hits things with her halberd. Um, but mm-hmm. so so I was like, well, I guess I'm just running into that cloud of smoke now <laughs> and attempting <laughs> to hit something with this halberd. <laughs> <laughs> and hit it, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out. It was just quite funny, quite funny. <laughs> Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Kem wrote, I'm a longtime listener and happen to be an American living in the Netherlands. I can indeed confirm that the cheese is pronounced howda here with a guttural GH sound, which, yes, I know I didn't do that, but I, I, I gave an attempt. <laughs> um, Kim continues at the beginning. Dutch is a super difficult language to speak for non-natives, and I don't pretend that I can say much of anything correctly, but of this, I'm sure. <laughs> Odakas is the best. And Kim put in a pronunciation note pronounced Odakas with a long O like in show. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, thanks for helping me learn a bit more about my adopted home. And I can totally recommend any of the local cheese museums if you two ever visit. So many cheese samples, so little time. Uh... <laughs> yes. I'm vibrating with excitement about this. <laughs> she literally is, folks. <laughs> I'm so that sounds so great. Oh my goodness. The cheese experience. Here I come. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Um, oh goodness. I, I I'm forgetting the 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 human's name, but someone wrote in on Twitter, like, oh, I'm so excited. I just saw that you guys are doing a Gouda episode. And then like 30 minutes later, like not even, like, like uh, kind of immediately afterwards, was like, yeah, it's definitely pronounced like this. And I was like, oh <laughs> heck. Well. <laughs> <laughs> No, but thank you. Thank you. Seriously. Um, uh, Pronunciation notes are always, always, always welcome. Yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, Thane wrote, just wanted to write in to request a topic and say thank you for the podcast. There's something incredibly satisfying about learning facts, numbers, and the origin story of foods. I've honestly gotten a little addicted to it. I just listened to the Horchata podcast and it reminded me of my time in Spain. Don't worry, you guys killed the pronunciations. Yes. Anyways, I'm in a Spanish class right now, and I was going to give a presentation on tapas, which I'm sure you know what they are, but if you don't, they're small portions of savory Spanish dishes served at bars, usually with alcoholic beverages. I was hoping you had made one because I totally would have stolen all your research on it for my project. Just kidding. But now I know the reality of these food rabbit holes and the difficulty of finding legitimate sources, so much respect to you two for consolidating all that information into a single podcast. I already made the presentation, but my request still stands for Tapas being one of the upcoming episodes. I want to see what else I missed. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very kind. Yes. Oh, Always feel free to steal the research. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I wish we still had a website with like a blog where it was easy to put up links to the the, the articles that we've read for all yes. of this. Um, if you ever have a curiosity about a specific source, always feel free to write in. Um, and tapas. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I love a tapas. Um, I know Me that that's too. not the correct tense of that. But yeah, uh, yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, one of the types of restaurants that I really miss having an in-restaurant experience of. 
is yes. tapas style dining. Yes. Me as well. Because I want to try everything. Yeah. But I need the space to try everything. Yeah. Oh, and so, right. So just get like a lot of friends and uh, so much good Spanish wine. Spanish wine is kind of my mm. favorite anyway. They mm -hmm. like a lot of the places in town have like live bands all the time. It's oh, it's so nice. It is nice. I do miss tapas. Oh, maybe one day soon. Another thing to add to the list. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Both our list of stuff to do and our episode list to eventually tackle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Thank you to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.